Hello everyone, welcome to episode 72, 72 of the Mortgage Man Podcast. I am again joined by Rachel from Harcourts. We're going to talk about selling a house and making as much money as possible. Cool, that's the best part of it. Um, <laughs> if you're not selling a house and you're buying a house, then stop listening to this one and go listen to episode 71 where we talked about how to buy a house and not lose lots of money. <laughs> um, so, thank you for joining me again. And how do people get the most that they want for their house? It's yeah. a very loaded question. It is a loaded question, but look, obviously preparation. I think when you are going to sell your home, first home, second or third home, do the best job you can to have that first instant wow effect. Um, it's it's really important to have the house ready. Um, doesn't matter if you've got a, a do up, a completely well renovated home or anything, just having the street appeal for people when they arrive, you know, the gardens are tidy, the house is clean, um, you've put all your personal belongings away, <laughs> you know, don't have your laundry basket full of socks sitting out, you know, just really making the most so that when someone walks in, I like to say have a bit of a minimalistic home, um, doesn't have to be staged, great if you can afford staging, but giving it um, a bit of a minimalistic look will give buyers that opportunity to walk in and visualise themselves there, and that's what you want. You want a buyer to walk in and go, oh my god, I've just found my new home. Especially if they're going to live in it, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, different person, you know, people buying investment properties are looking more for size, um, yield numbers. numbers. Yeah, but they, they would also... have done before they even yeah, come to the house. That's right. Yeah. But if, yeah, if you're going to live in the house, it's got to be a motive yeah. or imaginative, I think, is kind of the. Correct. The route you want to yeah. go down. We we have a bit of a saying, and it's not always liked, but it's, you know, it's either got to be beautiful or it's got to be reasonable. You know, like try and make it beautiful in terms of someone walking in and going, I could live here. Yeah. And I don't mean by spending money on massive renovations. I just mean having it tidy and clean and smelling nice and, and it's fresh. Just, you know. Mm. Okay. If you've not sold a house before, what's the like general process of, of doing so? Yeah. Good question. Um, normally you'd get an agent out or three, up to three agents. I mean, you can get as many as you want, but we always say, look, get a couple of appraisals. Get So get some opinions from people. Um, talk to the agent about um, the prep time. So when I say that, I normally get uh, client advice to do one to two weeks prep if it's just a general tidy up. Photos and marketing, I allow another week. So you're about three weeks before you hit the market. Um, if some people need to do it urgently, that's fine. But so you'll get an appraisal done from your um, agent. You'll get um, the agent will once you've assigned an agent to your property, you'll get the limb report ordered from council. That's a ten working day standard. Can order urgent limbs, but it takes more money. Um, You'll obviously have a photographer booked in, so you'll do photos, maybe a video, maybe aerial shots. You'll get... Floor plan. Floor plan. I love a floor plan. Yeah. If you don't have a floor plan, I'm not going to go look at yours. <laughs> um, to be fair, a floor plan now is almost a given for me yeah. as an yeah. agent. If yeah. you don't have a floor plan, people cannot look online and go, oh, that room is actually tiny. So you want... Floor plans probably become more popular than a video now, but I, I like to do the whole lot. And photography, yeah. of all the, ex all the costs of marketing, is probably the least expense when you're comparing it to everything else. Do your photos well. Do those, make, uh, you know, whether you do day and night, or what we call twilight first. So you've got your marketing side, the prep side is for you. Getting your house ready for market is probably the most strenuous part. Once you're on the market, hand it over to the agent, step back a little bit. Um, obviously get your house ready for open homes. It, unfortunately, you probably have to be show home ready for the first two weeks at least, you know, to allow for private viewings um, during the week, plus open homes. 
I tend to run a three-week campaign and then um, either a set data sale or an auction or whatever it is, deadline, on the following Thursday. So three and a half weeks. Do people need to make sure that their house is perfect? Like, let's say that paint over there is fading a bit and Mm. the the window's broken. Do they need to go fix those things or do you think it's not really going to make a difference? Yeah, there's a two-pronged answer to that. If it's something that's broken and is fixable, I would recommend doing it. So if it's a window handle or a doorknob or something that needs... A little bit of TLC, get it done. Buyers notice that sort of thing. If it's paintwork and it's a faded paint room, you know what, unless you're wanting to do the paint, you could actually leave it because some buyers love to be able to put their own touch in it. Some buyers will look at a home and go, oh great, we can do our, choose our colours. Um, if the carpet is ripped in a spot and you've got a spare patch, maybe patch up that spot just to make it a little bit more. So that I think really engage with your agent and find out what's a valuable thing to do. So no, I show, a home doesn't have to be perfect. Um, it depends on the type of home and the type of price range you're in. But first home buyers selling their first home, most of the time, you know, most of the first home buyers are pretty um, busy. First home sellers. Well, yeah, but what I'm thinking yeah. is first home buyers are busy. Ah, so they, okay. for a seller, yeah. if everything's done, so i.e., if you're selling your home and these people can just walk in and know that it's pretty livable. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't go and rip out a kitchen or a basin or a bathroom and have it all done up because people like to do that in their own time. I love going into my own homes that I buy and putting my own touch on it. Would you say that if somebody was to renovate a property so they could get more money because yes. maybe they're a tradie or whatever, that they should just focus on like the kitchen or the bathrooms? Yeah. Or like, is there one thing that they should probably could renovate that's going to make the biggest increase in value? I mean, the biggest increase in value and biggest cost normally is a kitchen or a bathroom. Um, I think it would come down to how dated and how much work there is. So... And a recent example of a property that I had sold, uh, or have just sold, the owners took the liberty to change the kitchen, and that was awesome. Most people were really pleased. They just they actually just got the cabinetry sprayed, but then other buyers said to me, "Oh, it's a shame. I would have done the kitchen so differently." And that was a shame they'd spent that money on it because mm. we'll change it. My gut feeling is even sometimes a fresh coat of paint and maybe some fresh carpet down can make the world of difference when selling a home. Um, even putting pot plants in just titivating it a little bit to get some different eyes in there you can actually get if you don't want to stage it you can get companies that will come in and just give you advice on how to where to put your art or where to put pillows and sometimes the agents to be fair have got quite good eyes so talk to whoever's selling your home and say what would you change most of the time for an agent will tell you to declutter put your personal (laughs) photos away maybe put less books on the bookshelf you know just put things in storage or pack them up okay and what's your view on if they need to sell their house to buy another house, should they be buying the other house first or should they be selling it first or what? what's your kind yeah, of... Yeah, good question. Um, look, I would be buying another house only if it's a conditional on selling theirs. To add it into Don't the Don't buy it unconditionally because that could... The market can change and I personally have been burnt that way. We bought a house unconditionally, market dropped on us, we were in... It was a very difficult situation. Mm. I think a lot of buyers want to find the house first before they sell. The only issue with that is then if their house takes a while to sell, you've got a bit of pressure. There might be bridging finance, which obviously you can talk to them about. But my gut feeling is sell first and then buy. But maybe doing it at the same time. You know, seeing what's out there. Go and look. Get an idea for the market and then get your house prepared to go. Um, 
Some buyers will be savvy um, and, you, for example, you have finance approved by you, so they're about to buy and then sell their home straight away afterwards. So I guess it's about talking to your mortgage broker, your mortgage man, guy, and um, <laughs> making sure that you've got it. But I wouldn't want to put them in a position where they've bought unconditionally and then... Have to sell they, it almost well, a loss. If they haven't got to sell it, yeah. I guess, again, it comes down to their property. Mm. And I think yeah. it comes down to the market. Like if it's True. easier to buy yeah. versus easier to sell, like use that to your advantage. Yeah. Um, if I was to do it, yeah, I would probably say... Yeah, if you have to sell the property, you probably want to know exactly how much you're going to get for the property, right? If you don't have to Normally, sell the property, yeah. then go buy a new one. And then if you want yeah. to sell it, then sell yeah, it or sure. keep it and turn it into an investment property. They'll, and I think one. it's really, it can become quite an individual circumstance. But if you're buying, I guess it also comes down to the price point. So if you're buying something that is really quite a big step up, um, probably sell your property first. If it's sort of within a level that you're comfortable with, and of course you've crunched numbers with your mortgage guy, then... You know, there is a side to you could do it, but mm. just be careful, get advice. Or just add in the condition, we'll pay a million dollars on the condition we get an offer on our place for X amount in the next three weeks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Unconsented works. Ah. The most exciting thing, probably isn't that exciting for you, but it's, and it's definitely not exciting for me because that's no. usually what stops the bank from giving you money. Yeah. What's the advice if someone says, yeah, that's unconsented, that's unconsented, the deck's too big, what? Oh, I mean, unconsented works. It's actually the bane of our lives as agents. Um, my biggest advice, if you've got unconsented works in a house that you're selling, see if you can get a COA, a code of acceptance, which is basically going back to the council and seeing if they'll sign off what you've done unconsented. If you didn't do the work and you bought the house as is, obviously disclosure, that's a big one, disclose it. Some unconsented works are pretty minor. Like if there's a toilet but it's been added in, you can actually cap that plumbing off and say to the buyers, look, the toilet was there when we bought it or we've put the toilet in but it's not consented if you want it removed by setting what we can do it. Um, Which is one of the ways a bank could be happy to resolve yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, the other thing, and, and banks don't love this, but it's up to the buyer to disclose it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a disclosure in the actual agreement. It could be disclosure separately so that you can talk to your mortgage broker about it and it's not a permanent thing on the actual sale and purchase agreement because some things are remediable. So you could go and get, while you're settling or while you're buying that home, you could be getting your COA done. So as long as the bank knows that within three months you might have obtained correct paperwork um, it's a real hard one I, if you're ever going to do work in your own home I highly recommend you do it through the council and go for the consent it might take longer initially and I'm personally trying to put a laundry in our home and we still haven't heard back from the council with some questions <laughs> so know firsthand how difficult it is but if you do it right the first time then you're not going to have hiccups when you go to sell yeah and I guess the only situation where that wouldn't matter is if you're planning on holding on to the house forever which it's very yeah, unlikely. Yeah, I guess if you're holding on to the house. And I have met people like that. We didn't need consent because we were never going to sell it. But normally, you know, and to be fair, the other situation is, is when the limb arrives. You might get a limb report for your home and not have any idea that it didn't have consent for something. Or the driveway, or the, you know, the carport wasn't on the t flats um, plan, which is yeah. what a cross-lease title is. So, you know, you, it actually might be sprung across the vendor at, um, at the worst time when they're trying to sell. And they didn't know. And that's tough as well. So you need to talk to your agent, talk to your bank, get some advice. And just on unconsented works, you always have to think about the insurance side of things, which yeah. is why you need to get a consent if you want to get insurance. 
Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. So a bank normally won't approve a mortgage, as you know, because the insurance isn't covered on something. So you can work around that. There is great insurance companies, a bit like brokers. There's great insurance yeah. brokers that you can get insurance, but it doesn't cover the additional toilet or it doesn't cover the carport outside because it was an add-on. You know, so you can work around it. So just communicate. Mm. Talk to the people who are helping you. Communication is important. That's right. Um, last question. If you're a seller... Do you think there's people that have unrealistic expectations of what their property is going to sell for because maybe of like the CV that was done in 2021 at the peak of the market? Oh, it says it's worth 1.5, but realistically, every other piece of evidence, like everything else, mm-hmm. including the appraisal, says 1.2. Like, how do you how do you get around that? Yeah, that's it's a really hard one. I think vendors do see their homes through um, rose tinted glasses sometimes, and they do see it valued way higher than what realistically the market's going to pay. I think from my perspective, is be honest up front with the vendors and say, guys, we can aim for that, but you know we may not get you there. And show them evidence. Show the um, well, an agent should show the vendors evidence so that they're. You know, not just being slammed at the end of a three-week campaign with this feedback that it's only at 1.2, 1.2, 1.2. At the beginning, if a vendor is realistic, they're going to sell. And 99 times out of 100, they might get close, if not, you know, a little bit less than what they wanted. But they are, they're walking away. They're moving on to the next chapter. So mm. vendors, yes, as if you are thinking of saying, do be realistic. If, if your goal is to, to move on and to your new home or whatever you're doing moving countries moving cities just get evidence and be realistic try not to overinflate it because buyers are very very savvy these days and they know what something's worth yeah and a good example of that is a house that i offered on i think i offered 1.375 wasn't accepted they Mm. listed it the next day 1.569 or something wow and the real estate agents were telling me we've had feedback between 1.2 and 1.4 and I looked up on all the things that I have access to and yes. I was like, nothing shows me that it's even worth more than 1.4. But I think because they spent a lot of money renovating it right. and they renovated it to a super high standard, but also probably too much. Yeah. They probably had that emotional, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this house. We think it's worth more. They've overcapitalized on it. And and maybe what for someone like that, the owner, they either have to become more realistic and take what the market's offering, or they'll have to withdraw it from the market and retry another time. And that other time might be another five years before they're going to get that price. You know, So they've yeah. got to make that decision. And, and it's hard taking a loss when they've spent the money, but sometimes just to move forward in your life is the way forward. You know, you don't want to be trapped in a property that you're not necessarily wanting to be in anymore. And circumstances could be marriage splits or it could be moving for a new job mm, but so, I guess that's yeah. that's important why when you guys call the prospective buyers and mm. ask them what is your price indication then yeah. you relay that back to the seller and yeah. then you've got your appraisal you've got maybe evaluation and the buyer feedback and yes. that's usually pointing towards a number correct and that number is kind of where you'd hope that the house will be sold for. yeah and that's why it's important when you are selling a house that the the agent selling for you actually tries to get the feedback out of buyers a lot of the time buyers won't give us feedback but you know that's and if you look at your other podcast number 71 if they if a buyer actually is honest with the agent it gives it really helps everybody because then when you're selling it does come down to listening to that feedback yeah all right anything else that we should be covering if you're a seller no try and you know um 
uh, my method of sale potentially sometimes with selling it comes down to what what works for you as an individual we tend to favor auction at Harcourts purely because it's the most transparent method of sale um, when you go and sell price by negotiation you can end up in a multi offer so you basically close book with at least with an auction you can see what someone else next to you is willing to pay and if you're willing to pay a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars more that and you're gonna own the home so talk again talk to people and work out what's right for you. Also, it comes down to timing, how quickly you need it sold. Could be a financial reason. Good Most luck. Usually it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for, I was going to say listening. Thank you again for being interviewed. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Sarah, for having me. And for the yeah. listeners, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to speak to Rachel, she's out of the Takapuna. Yes, um, Cooper & Co. Takapuna. Yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, all that information will be in the show notes. And yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.